Moan, thank you for joining on air with Russell of Hotels Live Hospitality Talk Show. Hope all is well. Happy Tuesday. You know what? Um, first of all, I want to apologize for last week. I did not have the show. I mean, it was planned. It, in my head, it was planned not to not to do the show, but uh, I guess I didn't tell anyone else, right? So, but it is what it is, right? But I did have to attend the funeral. So that was the reason for me not having the show last week. Uh, but I'm back this week. In fact, I was out of town this weekend and just came back maybe a couple hours ago. And I wasn't sure if I was going to do the show today. In fact, I told a couple of people uh, I was not going to do the show. But, you know, it hit me. I said, you know what? I'm in. I'm near Hollywood. And I said, you know what? The show must go on, right? So that's what I'm doing. The show's going on. So thank you so much for joining on air with Russell of Hotels. I'm going to do a little different today, different format, because uh, I'm sure you guys knew last week, I was actually, although I didn't do my show, I did a show with on someone else's show. I was a, a, a guest on someone else's show, and that show was called the Hotel Marketing Live Show, which is on Thursday, 11 a.m. PST. And the host is none other than Miss Marit Padavani. Uh, she's with Clubhouse thing, right? So she's big on Clubhouse and started doing her own show. Her first, uh, her own hospitality show live on LinkedIn, like I'm live on link on LinkedIn as well as YouTube. And um, she asked me to be her first guest. So I couldn't turn down that offer, right? So I did that instead of my show. But like I said, the reason, the real reason I didn't do my show is because I was attending a funeral in Blythe. And although I was available at one o'clock, the, um, you know, the, the connection can be kind of spotty and choppy. And that's not what I wanted. So I said, you know, let me not do that. Let me turn on my con comments as well as my banner. I almost forgot about that. Today is, see, I didn't even know. Today is show number 114. There we go. So um, so now we're running. We're ready to go. So if you have comments, please feel free. If no comments, just let me know that you're there. Say hello. Hello from wherever you're you know, wherever you are in the world, and uh, I will give you a quick shout out. So let's move on. Like I said, I was a guest on Marit's show last week, and some of the things we talk about, talked about, I thought they were good to talk about on my show, just in case you missed it. So I'm going to go through some of the things that we talked about on her show, on my show. So like the first thing, and I'm just going to jump into it, right? I'm not going to wait and go through, you know, how I normally go through my format and things like that. But no, I'm not going to do that today. Hey, Cheryl, how are you? All about the experiences, Cheryl um, Rogers. It's always good to hear from Cheryl Rogers, you know. It's been, it's been so long, you know. See, I used to hear from her all the time now. It's just, it's kind of spotty now. <laughs> it's kind of inconsistent, but that's okay. She's coming back around, so I do appreciate that. Um the first topic we talked about was live streaming best practices. Say like, you you know, you're doing, I'm doing this show on, on StreamYard, right? So this is a live show. So what do we talk about? Or what are the, what are some of the um, best practices of that? Um, okay, let me just give you the, the nuts and bolts. So, okay. So I do StreamYard. Now StreamYard is a, is a service that where you can, um, you can broadcast or stream your content like this video, you know, production right now onto different platforms. So I do StreamYard and I um, broadcast the, the my content onto LinkedIn Live and YouTube Live. So that's how I use that. So 
but I've been having some issues and I hate to say this, but StreamYard, I've been having some issues with connection and, you know, being kind of a spotty connection. And I thought it was just me, but it's not just me. Other people have been experiencing that as well. So hopefully like today's broadcast is not being choppy and then you, you can understand what I'm saying, because if not, I'm gonna have to go to another platform because I can't afford, you know, to lose people because of, you know, choppy content. So, you know, beware. I mean, that's a good um, best practice right now. Experiment with different platforms. If they don't work for you, you know what? You need to get off of that and go on to something else that will. And it's the funny thing last week when we did, and it was on Moret's show last week, right? And, and the funny thing was when we got off of StreamYard, we went and just did like a 10, 15 minute quick synopsis of the show on Instagram live. And guess what? There was no issues at all. So that may be my next platform if this one is not working correctly. See, I don't have a problem with telling people because you know what? I want you guys to do this as well. And I want you to be successful. And being successful means, you know, you're getting your message across and it's not being, it's not spotty. It's not shoddy. You know, the tech, the technology is working as opposed to. So, and that's what we want. So, okay. So one best practice was, well, a good connection. Have a good <laughs> Have a good, a good connection. Uh, StreamYard allows you to schedule your show and promote it, which is a good thing. See, that's a good thing about StreamYard. So I could have, could have uh, like, okay, my show's next Tuesday. So I can already start promoting my show on StreamYard um, for, for the next, you know, um, you know, it will promote your show and it, it come with a link. So they don't have to go into LinkedIn or YouTube, they can just click on the link and it automatically takes you to StreamYard, right? So that was that's one good thing about that. So look into that, but make sure, like I said, it, it is working. Follow a format. Okay, so I actually have a format. I don't just shoot from the hip. I don't just, you know, say whatever. I mean, I do say whatever, but it's actually on the script, right? So I'm looking at a format or a script that I'm reading and you can't see it, but it actually actually um, on my iPad in front of me. So, and I'm just getting messages now that I'm freezing on YouTube. So I do apologize for that, but thank you so much, Cheryl, for letting me know that. And guess what? That means something that, you know, this may be a thing in the past, meaning you, you, you know, I was StreamYard, but we're going to get through this today. I have to get through it today, right? Um, and please also note that the algorithm on the StreamYard algorithm, because we're streaming to multiple platforms, Sometimes the algorithm works against you on platforms like LinkedIn. Because LinkedIn may not like me streaming to, to two platforms. I mean, I do LinkedIn, they love that, but they may not like me streaming to YouTube. So that can go against you, right? Meaning enough people may not see your content and that's what you want. You wanna make sure you get the optimal level of, of people watching your show, you know, watch or watching your content. Um, let's see. It's, you know what? I mentioned this to someone who has a podcast the other day. I mean, yeah, this person has a podcast and I mentioned this to them. It's one of these, it's one, like I said, it's one of these best practices. And I, it, I, just, I think it's something that you, you, it should resonate. It's okay not to have a guest on your show. Hey, Michelle, how are you, Ms. Harlan? It's okay not to have guests on your show. I mean, they, they chime in for you, I would hope. They tune in or they listen in because of you and you're bringing this valuable content to the table, right? So it's okay to have guests, but 
if you don't have guests, you shouldn't be frantic and freaking out. Just do a show without it. You have, you're the one that's supplying the content. So you should be able to, to carry a show if you need to. Okay, so remember, it's your show. My show is called On Air with Russell of Hotels. Okay, so it's not, it's not called On Air with, you know, all these many guests. Although the guests do, you know, they bring something to the table as well, but you don't actually need them. If you don't, if you can't come up with them, if you can't find them, it's okay. Don't freak out over it. You know, do the show yourself. It's okay. So that's one of the things that I always tell people. And don't be afraid to start. Okay. Don't be afraid to start a show. Um, you try like, do like a couple shows on Instagram live or something like that. Maybe do a couple minutes at a time uh, just to get your feet wet and understand what you're saying, understand what you're reading and, you know, things like that. And just, and just keep it going. I mean, no one's going to be perfect the first time. I've done this 114 times. I'm still not perfect. And guess what? I'm not going to be perfect because I mean, that's just me. I'm imperfect, but, but, but it works, (laughs) but it works. Okay. So that was the first thing. So that was uh, live streaming best practices. That's it. Any questions about that? You can always email me and it's the best way to reach me. Email, email me at russell at russellofhotels.com or you can DM me on any platform. Diversity in content marketing. Another thing that we talked about last week, um, we have to change our mindset when it comes to marketing. It's never about you. Always remember that. Whoever's doing the marketing for your facility, your hotel, your company, it's never about you, right? It's not what you want. It's what the people on the other end want because you're trying to promote to them. You, you're marketing your product or service to them so they will in turn come and utilize that product or service. Um, it's about the audience you're trying to persuade or to use your hotel. I'm gonna use that you know, hotel as an example. If you're only promoting to certain groups of people, you're gonna get the same results. So if, you, if, you don't, if you've been historically um, you know, promoting to one group of person or people, guess what? You're only gonna get those people and you're gonna miss out on some dollars because there's other people out there that may wanna utilize your hotel or your services or whatever. And because they don't see themselves at your hotel, what does that mean? People wanna see themselves in promotion, okay? They wanna see themselves in your advertising. You know, I'm not gonna pick a place if I see, and you know, this is no, this is no disrespect, but this is how life is, right? This is how it works. Right, people want to resonate with the people that are there. So if I went to a hotel or I'm looking at advertising, and I only saw a bunch of people that didn't like me, you know, why would I want to go there? And so we have to think about this stuff. We have to be conscious of our marketing strategies as well as our marketing tools, our content. We just have to be, I don't want to say woke, but <laughs> there you go. We have to be conscious of what's going on. Because people look at that and people want to stay at your hotel, but they also want to see people that look like them in the advertising. Okay. So that's, I think that's a simple fix. I don't think that's anything big. Um, it's big if you don't do it. It's big if you scratch your head every year. Like, you know, we keep missing the mark. Uh, what markets are we looking at? You know, are you, what markets are you looking at? Are you including certain groups of, of, of people in your marketing strategy? I mean, that, those are things that we have to look at as a marketer, as a director of so marketing. You know, the thing with hotel people, they're more into, it says director of sales and marketing. It should be director of marketing and sales, okay? Because you need to put more emphasis on the marketing part, not saying less on the sales, but marketing is an integral part of what you're doing. And a lot of people don't even understand that. They don't even get it, right? They say, oh, I'm director of sales, okay? Well, 
there's a huge marketing component that you're missing. Okay, so we, sometimes we need to rethink what we do or how we do it. So, but anyway, just remember this. It's never about the marketer. It's about the people in the market or the that you're marketing. I just came up with that. Just pull that out. Let me take But yeah, that's something I just pulled out. See, my thing just went out. See that those are the things right there. See, all of a sudden I'm talking and the connection just went poof. It went blank, but it went back on. So, whew, that's anyway. So I'm gonna say this one more time. It's never about the marketer. It's about the people in the market. Boom. Um, travel, travel advisors versus influencers. Now this is a big topic, right? It's a hot topic. So I'm just gonna read what I. This is my personal opinion on what travel advisors are and what travel influencers are, because you know there's always a big debate about you know why um, the travel advisors get or travel influencers get more than the travel advisors or travel agents. That's 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 how we know them as travel agents, <clears throat> because there's a debate several months ago on Clubhouse with a group of travel influencers and travel advisors. They're basically saying hotels take care of the travel influencers and they don't take care of the travel advisors and the travel advisors are the ones actually bringing all the business right so does that make sense do you guys understand what i'm saying i'm sure you do people that work in hotels or destinations you kind of understand that um, um those it's relationship uh, driven um, the rest they made are trackable. Are trackable. They have an IATA number, which um, which is trackable as well, and they can only get a commission based on that. Right. So if they're, not, if they're not producing numbers for your hotel, guess what? They don't get their commission, which which is whatever ten percent or whatever the heck it is. Um, they don't get that without that, right? So it's easy to track. Uh, there's reports like, uh, and I believe Hotelligence is still around. Uh, back in my day, which is just a couple of years ago. We use a report called Hotelligence uh, that came through, I want to say Sabre, which is one of the major uh, travel agent platforms or travel advisor platforms where you make reservations. And, um, you know, if it wasn't on there, it didn't exist, right? Or meaning, you know, if it wasn't on there, then we couldn't track the numbers from that particular travel agent or that travel agent company or consortia. Consortia is a group of travel agents like American Express Travel, things like that. So. The group of them on that umbrella so it was easy to track so it's more of a it was a sales function right i mean dealing with travel advisors are a sales function because you can track the roi right so a travel influencer is different not all travel influencers are, are related to travel that's first and foremost so if you're looking for travel influencers to um promote your hotel make sure that they are doing travel because a lot of them do a lot of different things right so i would look for ones that specifically are doing travel and they do things in your particular your, your particular hotel meaning if i'm a three-star hotel and they only do luxury hotels well that doesn't even mesh right so why would you use that use them but if you're a luxury hotel and the travel influencers are, are they're primarily you know promoting luxury hotels then ding 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 there you go that's what you want to do right that's that's who you want to go with but make sure they do travel. Make sure they're doing the same type of like said, three, four, five diamond, whatever it is. Make sure they're doing that. Maybe boutique hotels, things like that. So, but to me, 
a travel influencer is more of a marketing function. You know, they promote your brand. They keep you relevant. This is similar to what on air with Russell's hotels would do for you, right? But, and they expose you to different people or different markets, you know, and, it, and there's no perceived ROI. So it's hard to put that on there because like I said, it's, it's more of a marketing function or brand function, but you got to know what, you, what is your goal when you're hiring one, one thing. Um, and not all, not one influencer fits every situation. So know your situation and know what's going on, right? So, so those are my, that, those are the things that I think about travel advisors versus travel influencers. So hopefully that, you know, cleared up some things because I know you're wondering about that, right? <laughs> what about trends, summer trends? You've heard this vex, vexication nation? Vexication, these are people that have vaccinated and going on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> people have that have been vaccinated and the destinations are open to them so like say like hawaii mexico korean although you can go to mexico and not uh have had a uh, shot or you know whatever i think they ask for a test you have to have a negative test when you get there but um you don't have to have had the vaccination so that's where people in the u.s are basically traveling to Hawaii, Mexico, and Korea because it's easy to get there, right? So um, road trips will remain popular. Road trip within two hours of wherever you began your trip, let's say if I'm LA, two hours from LA would be Santa Barbara, would be San Diego, would be Palm Springs area. Um, so those are the areas that a lot of people in Southern California, or they may even go to Vegas, but Vegas is another uh, three and a half, four hour drive from there. But you know, people do that as well. And now that Vegas is fully open, people are just going in droves to um, to Vegas as well. Um, traveling to different states, people are trying to, um, what am I trying to say? People are have more interest in going to U.S. destinations now because guess what? That's the only place they can go because being out of the country is kind of spotty now. And you get out of the country now with this new variant um, COVID virus, you may not be you may not be able to get back in. You, you just don't know. You just don't know. So a lot of people are rediscovering or discovering the U.S., which is which is great. I just came from Houston. Just you know, just in case you did not know that I was in Houston from Saturday morning to about ten o'clock this morning, ten o'clock today. So I, that's why I said I wasn't sure I was going to be sure or not, but I did it. I'm here. I'm doing. So, um, but that was good. What I'll talk about that a little in a little while. People still doing staycations, staycations, all I ever wanted. You know, they're still doing staycations. They're staying and eat local, eating local. They're doing that non-meat eats thing, that non-meat eats tour, you know, that's hosted by Russell of Hotels. No, I'm just joking on that. I just threw that out there, but you never know that could be coming. But yeah, people are doing staycations, uh, and staying, eating local, um, uh, travel, uh, shorter lead times for the most part. Um, a lot of destinations open in Southern California. We know, you know Disneyland's open, Knott's Berry Farm, I believe, is open, Universal Studios open as well. Um, I mentioned the traveling to different states last minute. Rental cars. There's a now, I don't know if this is still going on, but a couple of weeks ago, there were issues getting rental cars. Um, so make sure that you're, whenever you plan your trip, that you're, if you need a rental car, you're doing it at the same time, maybe even before you do your, your airline travel. Because there was a, um, they weren't, normally what they do is they replenish their rental cars and because of COVID, they weren't doing that. 
So they normally change things out and they have a you know huge supply on hand, but because they weren't changing things out because the business was slow, um, they only had so many cars to, to give out or to, to rent. So there was a backlog of, of there was more people that wanted cars than they had cars to give people. So make sure you call your rental car company and make sure there are cars available. That is very, that is muy importante. So make sure if you're traveling and you do need a rental car, make sure you reserve your car early. Okay. Now, listen to this, okay? This was something else today, okay? So we flew back from uh, Houston this morning. Um, so we took an Uber from the house to the airport, which was $15, okay? So coming back, it was a Lyft. It wasn't Uber, it was Lyft. So coming back, you know, check the app again to take it from LAX to my house, which is all of maybe, you know, if you hit all the lights, you'd be there, you know, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. It was $100 to get a lift from the airport. Okay, it was $21 to get a cab. Guess which one I took? Okay, so you know, gotta be crazy. So like economics, I'm not paying $100 for when I just paid $15 on Saturday. That's crazy. So what I found out is that, and people may already know this, is that the, you know, the, the taxi cabs are regulated by the, the city or the state, right? So they can only charge a certain amount. There's no regulations on Lyft and Uber. So they can gouge you if they want to. So, but what I've found out is that the Ubers and Lyfts don't have the, they're not registered to go, they don't have the, the permit or the certificate or license or whatever it's called to go into the airport. So what you need to do is go outside the airport, meaning walk across the street to the Hyatt Hotel or whatever hotel that's close and then order your Lyft or Uber from there and you will not get charged this $100 exorbitant fee that I they were trying to charge me earlier today. But like I said, I just took the cab, looked at the cab fares and is it $21? I'm like, done. Okay, I'm going to do that. I'll wait 10 minutes to take a cab, right? But, but yeah, Uber and Lyft, Uber was $71 and uh, Lyft was well over $100 to get to the same place that I paid $15 for on Saturday. So look at that in your area, look at the prices before we say, oh, I'll just take a Lyft over there. Sometimes the taxi cab is the cheaper option. Yeah, sometimes we get caught up on, well, it's not very clean, but guess what? The taxi cabs had to step up their games because people, were not using them because they were using Lyft and Uber because those cars were required to be clean, right? Taxi cabs were not, okay? But now taxi cabs have up their game as far as cleanliness is concerned. So don't go to sleep on the taxi cabs, okay? So if you look at the, the Uber or Lyft charges or the price to go from A to B and it's like an exorbitant amount of money that's crazy, check out your local cab company. Uh, they don't have as well just you can look it up and it'll tell you exactly what that's going to cost so that's what we did and that's what we took so did i go off on a rant on that was that on a soapbox well let me get off of that right now okay so um so know before you go and make sure you pack your patience i keep saying that right and i need some water here for the people that are listening to me on 
of the podcast. Excuse me. <clears throat> Get a little choked up, a little parched, if you will. But um, yeah, know before you go. And what else was I saying? Yeah, pack your patience. Make sure, although we didn't experience any issues, you know, flying in. You know, I have clear, right? It, clear is not, it's not the TSA screening, but clear is, you know, you do your fingerprints or whatever. And it takes you, once you do the clear, and it's available at most major airports, um, and I got it for free. Go clear, C-L-E-A-R.com. I think it's called clearme.com. Check that out. And if you travel, I say if you travel more than 10 times a year, you need to have clear. Because who wants to stand that darn long security line? So what happens is clear would get me to the point where that, that last security person is there and that's the person that checks your ID. But they don't check my ID because it's been checked with clear. So all I all I have to do is get in the line for the, you know, take your clothes off and put it and put it on the, the you know the conveyor belt and take your laptop off and all that stuff on the on the conveyor belt. So that's where that's where it takes me. So I bypass these 200 people that are in line and it takes me right to that security person. And then like I said, I don't even have to give my credentials to the security person because Clear has already told me. They they basically introduced them to me, like, oh, this is Russell Upman, he's gonna blah blah blah. Okay, cool, boom, done. And and that's how Clear works. So so we didn't have any issues there. Even um legs or Houston hobby didn't have any issues at all. So, but there's a lot of people traveling, of course, because it was a busy weekend, but no issues when it came to that. The only issues we had were coming back to LAX where Uber and Lyft were, and they're charging ridiculous prices to get back home. That's the only issue. So, so get, get out and travel, have fun. So, okay, so, but make sure you pack patience because you're going in the hotels that may be understaffed. Or you may, you know, just just the whole waiting for a rental car. I mean, waiting for a rental car, waiting for your taxi cab, or you find out that Lyft and Uber or the prices are skyrocketing. Pack your patience. It's okay. All right, you're gonna get to your destination, so don't worry about it, uh, or don't worry about it too much. Use social media consistently to get your message out. Whatever your product or service is, stay relevant, and it should be a huge part of your marketing strategy. Those things I say every week it has not changed. Nine meat eats. Oh my God. I was in Houston. And people don't think, you know, Houston is big on meat. Yeah, Texas is big on meat, you know, brisket and, and all the all these meat items. I don't even want to name them steak and all this stuff. But and seafood is big in, in Houston, different parts of Houston is big on state on uh, seafood. So found a vegan place, right? Or a plant-based restaurant. It was called Green Seed. It's on Alameda in Houston. It's in Houston. And I got this. Illy, you know, you know, Philly cheesesteak, right? This was called Illy cheesesteak. <laughs> it was cut up or chopped up portable mushrooms. Get oh my god, which cheese on ah. It was it was grub. That's all I can say. It was it was grub, it was delish, it was all that, right? So um so if you're ever in Houston and you're looking for some non-meat eats, go to Green Seed on Alameda in Houston and have the Italy cheesesteak. Also, they had a barbecue jackfruit. You know, I make jackfruit here and it was just as good. Right? Well, I think mine was better. Okay, but I didn't get that. I, I, I got the, uh, like I said, the Italy cheesesteak, but they did have a barbecue um, jackfruit burger or sandwich or whatever. So very good. So that's my, you know, every week I try to 
share a, um, you know, where I was the previous week, you know, where I ate as far as non-meat eats or a plant-based restaurant. So that was my plant-based restaurant for the week. Uh, I also have other, did you know that there are over 30, at least on my list, there's over 40 uh, plant-based or vegan-friendly restaurants. Either they're 100% plant-based or they're plant-based friendly. Okay, so there's over 40. So I got some work to be done, okay, here in LA, greater LA area. And that can encompass, um, you know, LA, it can be in the Valley, it can be some parts of Orange County, it can be Long Beach. Long Beach has like 10, right? And Long Beach is not as big as LA. Long Beach has like 10 restaurants that I think I've gone to at least four of those. So, but there's other ones on my list. So there's no reason you can go to LA and say, Oh, I'm plant-based. I couldn't find anything good to eat. You're crazy. Okay. Call me, excuse me, call me or email me Russell at russellofhotels.com if you want some information on vegan restaurants or plant-based restaurants, whatever you want to call them. Um, it's interchangeable to me. Okay. So some things, someone had asked me or Maria had asked me some, some um, of the trends in plant-based dining. And I don't know if I came up with trends or said some of the things that I eat. You know, there's a lot of lot more vegan food trucks. I don't know if you're in LA. There's a lot of vegan food trucks. There. Um, let me see what else. I'm just gonna say some foods that that I eat. Okay, things that I prepare for myself or things that I look for when I go out to eat. Um, the new, the latest thing is plant-based bacon. I don't know what it's made of. I'm sure it's a soy-based product and and some other stuff, but there's a plant-based bacon out. I haven't tried it yet, but uh, you know, when I try it, I'll let you know. Uh, fried chicken made with oyster mushrooms. Mushrooms are, are a huge part of a plant-based diet if you're trying to um, simulate certain things. Because, you know, the reason why is people, someone asked me this the other day, why do they always have to compare The, like chicken or fried chicken, because people identify. I mean, I identify with a fried chicken or chicken nuggets or whatever. Okay, little piece of chicken, right? So I identify that because I at one point I did eat chicken before, right? So you want to I be able to identify with certain things, then that way you're going to eat them. But if it was something else that you didn't, you couldn't wrap your mind around, like what the heck is that? And I'm and, and am I going to eat that? You would probably wouldn't eat it. So. If I'm saying that oyster oyster mushrooms breaded can look like chicken, there's more people that are gonna they're more likely to try it because they, you know, they say, well, I like chicken. So Russell said it looks like chicken. Does it taste like chicken? Well, it, it can. It's seasoned. It's very good. So I mean, what about cauliflower? Cauliflower wings that look, that look like um, hot wings. Okay, they come in the same sauce. You know, they're in the the buffalo sauce or whatever. Same thing, but they're just using cauliflower. Cauliflower been cut to look like little drumettes, right? You talking about good? This stuff is good. So, orange chicken. I've had orange chicken that either it's um, it can be tofu, or it can be little pieces, little florets of of cauliflower as well. But they've been breaded just like they would bread orange chicken in a in your favorite Chinese restaurant or whatever. Uh, it's the same thing. Well. It, you know, it's the same thing to me. It tastes like the same thing to me. It's a, it's a substitute, of course, but 
but you have options, right? You can try these things and I think you'll be satisfied. So those are things I said to Moret last week. Um, egg substitute, they have a just egg that will scramble almost similar to what scrambled eggs would look like. And of course, have the fat that eggs have in it. Uh, there's artichoke pasta. It's basically artichoke has been this uh, spiraled and looks like pasta. You know the difference. I mean, you know the taste because it tastes a little different. If you saw them both plated next to each other, you would not know that one was uh, a artichoke pasta and one was a just a regular like linguine pasta. You would not know the difference. And vegan cheese. I use this brand called Misha. It's called Misha's Kind Food Brand. And Misha is M-I-S-H-A-S. So I mentioned that because they happen to be friends of mine, the people that have um, put this, this vegan cheese out. And it has a consistency like a hummus. And it melts because some of the vegan cheese does not melt well. It takes forever for it to melt. And sometimes it doesn't melt at all. <laughs> so if you're trying to make dishes and, and, and which calls for your cheese to melt, uh, some of the vegan cheese does not melt, but I guarantee you this Misha brand, which is at Whole Foods, like you wanted to. So there you go. Um, what else? What else? What else? Um, new openings, new hotel openings. So these are hotels that have opened in LA this year. So 2021. You know, there's a group of them that opened in 2020, but we're not talking about those. We're talking about the ones that have opened in 2021. And they are the proper hotel, 148 rooms. That's downtown LA. They have a rooftop bar and restaurant and open in April. So the proper hotel, downtown LA, Citizen M Hotel. That's downtown as well. Uh, February 21st is when it opened. Oh, not February 21st. February of this year is when it opened. And it has 315 rooms. That's a good size one. Thompson Hollywood, that opened in January, 190 rooms. The East Central Hotel. Now, this one was formerly the Lux Hotel downtown, right? It's like a 180-room hotel. Uh, it's right across from Staples Center, just as a reference point. Um, diagonal to Staples Center. And it's it's called, once again, the East Central Hotel, 180 rooms, and they open up just in May. And then the Hyatt House, that's the only branded hotel that I know that is open, it's at USC Medical Center, and it opened sometime in the first quarter, and it was it has 200 rooms. So those are the new hotels that I know that have opened up in downtown or in and around downtown LA. So I'm Russell of hotels, so I have to tell you the information as well, right? Um, do, do, do. I talked to someone the other day. She's a meeting planner, okay? And let me take another drink of water. This person's a meeting planner. And she was kind of put off. She's trying to plan some meetings, right? And some hotels, I'm not going to say every hotel that she went to, but at least one hotel, um, they offered this, it had to do with meeting space. She needed. She needs meeting space for her meetings, of course, right? So they had this COVID-19 setup fee, which is $500. I'm like, what the heck is it? What, what is it for? And I said, is it different rooms? I mean, are they... Are you using the social distancing or whatever? She said, well, they require some social distancing, but the same space. It's not like you're getting more space. So if it's the same 5,000 square foot room, 
okay, and you're just going to be spread out a little more, why would you have to charge a $500 setup fee? Someone needs to, you know, chime in and tell me this. Call me when the show's over or email me at russellofrussellofhotels.com because I don't understand that one. I don't understand how you can charge a COVID setup fee for the same room in the same space. Okay, only thing you're doing is you're putting less chairs at a table. That's the only thing I can say. That's the only thing she told me. So I know all the factors around here, but what I don't have the factor is um, why are they charging $500 for a COVID setup fee? So be leery of that if you're a meeting planner. Go and, and don't be afraid to ask questions like, why is this? What is this fee for? I'm not using this. I'm using the same space. I'm using your same setup, um, your same chairs. Why is there a COVID fee? Don't be afraid to ask these questions because they need to tell you exactly why. So we have this understanding of why I'm charging, why they're charging me $500 and why they think I'm going to pay it. And then also she mentioned, now I know coffee. Coffee is one of those things that, you know, it's the, the prices have been going up forever. Right. And like I heard, I mean, look, my hotel were charging $110 a gallon of coffee, $110 per one gallon of coffee. Okay. Now she did the same person, $150 per gallon. Now I know prices have gone up. Has coffee gone up too? I don't know. Coffee is one of those things that we just, we just, we just charge whatever for it. Anyway, so those are things that you know, a meeting plan, as a meeting planner, you know, you need to know these things. I need to know these things because I do that as well. Why well, do hotel site selection? Um, this person is actually a meeting planner for a company. I con I'm contracted out to assist companies find hotels. And, you know, part of the part of what I do is, you know, contract negotiation, pricing, which includes getting the space and all that stuff, rooms, rates, and space, right? So all those things I'm responsible for to get. And those the things that I would fight. I'm like, what is this COVID-19 setup fee? What, what is that? And how, and, and how do I get around the pain? Right? That's what, that's what I need to know. So that's interesting. Okay, so in closing, and I'm almost done. I'm about done, right? Because like I said, I, it's, it's, I'm trying to move faster on some of these things and, and not be inundated with, not inundate you with a lot of information. So, you know, get it, you're done, you move on, right? you can move on with your day so but some shows would if i had guests on here of course those shows would be a little longer but anyway in closing i just want to say this this has to do with marketing i mentioned this earlier marketing is never about you it begins with your audience and what they want once you know what your audience wants connect with them connect them with your product or service in the way they want to receive it so however the guest wants to receive it or however your clients wants to receive it That's and that's why I mentioned about, you know, the content, being creative with your content, being diverse, you know, have make sure your content is diversified. You know, those things are imp important. Hotel brand advocate. This is something I talk about all the time. We don't have, we don't have enough of these darn um, hotels. A hotel brand advocate is a guest or employee of a business who actively shares information about your hotel to their networks via social media. That can be word of mouth, social media, I just mentioned that, email marketing, or through content without any incentive other than the love of your, of your brand. If you have employees that are diehard, whatever your brand is, those are the best advocates. Why not put them in front of a camera 
or something to say something good about your hotel. Because that goes a lot further. Then it's not going to be rehearsed. You know, it's something that you're going to put out there. You know, Russell Edmond works at Hotel X. And, you know, he's been here for 20 years. And he loves the hotel. He wants you to come and stay. I mean, you don't think that would resonate with people? If you start seeing employees of that particular hotel talking about how they love that brand. I've been here for 30 years. Um, they treat me with this, they do that, come and stay with us, come look me up. We need to be more about what we're doing. We just go emotions, okay? We're thinking because what was over now, we can just go, oh man, we just go back to where we, you know, the way it was. Guess what? The way it was is not gonna work, people. Wake up. I just had to take another <clears throat> drink of water <clears throat> after that wake up. <laughs> but no, but you need to do things a little different. Um, I just, I just think you do. And th those things will resonate with people. I always mention do more lives, hotels, and do more reels, hotels. These are, this is for the hotels. They need to do more lives and more reels because you get more engagement with those two things. Uh, I know for a fact, I do a lot of market research just for my own brand to see how many, you know, likes or people comment or they ask more questions. And that's what you want. You don't just want things that you're putting out there that people are not making comments on. And, and a lot of still pictures, people are not, they're not making comments on those. Do some video, reels or videos. A live, like I'm doing here, a live is a, you know, I've already had like five or six different comments, okay? It can be just something that is great or whatever, or emoji, whatever. But guess what? After the show, I'm going to go back and I'm going to thank each individual person that actually said a comment. So that's what it's all about. It's a, it's a two-way street, right? Your content is a two-way street. Okay, so that's my brand advocate thing. So making a hotel reservation, always remember, always remember to book direct, okay? So no matter where you're going, no matter where you're staying, always book direct. That's it for today. Thank you for joining on air with Russell Hotels. I appreciate you. You guys have a great week. Oh, how was your day? I mean, Thanksgiving. How was your um your uh, Fourth of July weekend? I hope it was great. Mine was great. Saw fireworks. Ate a lot. Actually, ate too much. But guess what? It was all plant based. So, but just remember, plant based. You eat too much anything is not a good thing. Okay, so remember to eat in moderation. Whatever you eat, just eat in moderation and we'll be good. So that's it. But you guys take care. Have a great week. And I will see you soon. And I'm trying to do my banner. Turn off my banner. Done there. Do this. You guys take care. Peace.